That's right, you geeks. Welcome into the Echo Screen, the official podcast of the Clan of the Gray Wolf. As always, I am your host, the Commodore. But for once, I'm actually not in the same place as my wonderful co-host, the incredible, knowledgeable Rue. Rue, how are you doing so many miles away? I'm doing all right uh, here on the surface of Jupiter, uh, as you can see from my slightly squished face. Right. As you can and see, yeah, there are where gravity is heavier. There are some, still some technical difficulties uh, <laughs> going on, but uh, okay, yeah, yeah, it, it's a work in progress. It's yeah, it, we're so we are uh, we are definitely um, trying a lot of new things, folks. So I hope you can appreciate the fact that uh, there might be a few little te technical difficulties here and there. That's okay. We're gonna make this thing work. Uh, we've got, as you can see, a new chat window underneath the live stream that you're watching right now. Um, we're trying to make this thing work. It's, you know, it, it's good. It's, I would say it's a little bit befitting of its name, which is Wild Ride. Um, but, you know, it's, it's got that retro look to it. I thought that would be cool. And uh, it seems relatively easy to use. And so if there are problems with that, please let me know. But we're going to do tonight what we always do. We're not going to break from the format. There's not going to be any changes in that regard. We're still going to do the same Echo Screen Live that we've always done, just from two completely different locations. We're going to have it's three magical. sections to the show. Yeah, exactly. Three sections to the show. Exactly. The first one will be, we'll go through some news and notes. If there's anything we think you should know about, which let's face it, there's got to be something. Um, secondly, we'll get into our topic of the day, which as you can see from the wonderful, uh, uh, you know, the, the post on the website and also the, the great topic that I posted atop the uh, the Echo Screen Live chat room, is that Kickstarter is not a store. What could that mean? Well, that could mean a lot of things. We'll have to wait I mean, and find out. That's right. We'll have to, you'll have to wait to find out. So anyway, a very exciting topic, very apropos. Obviously, I think you've all probably heard of Kickstarter. We're going to talk about it tonight. So lastly, we will get into what I have heard as many of you folks out there, you wonderful, wonderful people. It's your favorite part of the show, which is the question and answer section yes. of the show where we just kind of dive into questions that you guys have about whatever. And maybe Life. answer them. Yeah, maybe. Probably not. Usually not, but we try our best. Okay? So we're going to... Uh, by the way, you don't have to wait till the question and answer session to post a question. And we've got a neat little way to do that now. So many of those, uh, those of you out there aren't necessarily familiar with IRC. But there's a private message feature in IRC. I don't, I, I don't know if you knew this. All you have to do is go up and click on my name, Commodore128, and you can click the PM option and send me any questions you might have. Um, you can try to do it with Rue, but I probably wouldn't recommend it. My brain's going to explode at this rate. His brains, his brains will explode. His computer is running at maximum capacity. I don't know if you knew this, but he's actually running an old 486. So it's running as basically everything we can possibly throw at it at the moment, right? Yes. That was a question, right? Yeah, that was a quick question. Good, good, good. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So What's cool, uh, too, is that people have already started sending me sending me private messages, which is great, because now I can hear it. I hear a little beep, which tells me, hey, you idiot, you've got a question to answer. That's a good feature. Chalk yes. that one up. Um, yeah, so let's get to news and notes, shall we? Let's do since that. We're, since we started five minutes late. <laughs> <laughs> so go ahead and, and start us off. Okay, so uh, a couple things I wanted to talk about. And... The first one, uh, so I'm, I'm just going to go into the one that made me the most angry. Can we get to that? Is, sure. that, is that a good strategy? Let, let, let's try that. Okay, that sounds good. So I'm going to do that. 
So I don't know how many of you out there use Facebook. I try not to. Uh, me too. Generally, it's just not a good thing to be a part of. Or maybe you got, maybe you became a part of Facebook when you were in college, uh, or maybe soon after college, or you know, once your parents got on it, you got off. Whatever the case might be. You know, I, I saw a posting today about how Facebook is charging money to regular users if they would like to have their posts get automatically posted to more friends' news feeds. Yes. What, what, you, you, you see I no want, problem I you with to, that? Why do you let that sink in <laughs> you're, for a second? You just did that like some sort of a, uh, a afternoon talk show host. Uh, with the, oh, I got this for you now. Blah 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 blah. Let me let that sink in. Yeah, you you need to eating up the time. A, yeah, yeah, exactly. The, the silence is is deafening here because you really need to think about that <laughs> one. Um, so I, I I'm just I'm just baffled by this. I realize that 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 they made a big mistake because Facebook is not really actually very good at producing revenue. Well, I mean, they do produce revenue. The problem is is that. Um... It's not as much as they were as people were hoping and 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 trumpeting. Uh, That's the point. They produce yeah. revenue, but not nearly as much as they were hoping to be able to produce. Right, right. So now they got to find out ways that they can open up all new revenue streams. Right, right. right. Their solution: start charging people. This is like the most. It's it's like the most egotistical and vain thing I can think of. Like. How many of you have ever posted something to Facebook, and the first thing you think to yourself is, "Oh shit." I really, really wish that I could get more of my friends to know what the hell I was doing right now every time I post it. Well, you know what's funny is that uh, JSC315 makes a good point that MySpace is trying to launch a comeback. Have you seen this? this I have seen this. This isn't something we're planning to talk about on News and Notes, but it really does kind of fit in because they, they're they trying to be what Facebook was back in the day, kind of like the simple, easy way to talk to your friends and not be a you know, of GeoCity site, basically, which is what MySpace became. Which and, is which is exactly why I got on Facebook, because I couldn't stand MySpace anymore, because it was ridiculous. Right. And Facebook was nice and easy and simple. So it sounds like a good idea for MySpace. Maybe maybe they are going to make this comeback. And I've, it looks beautiful, by the way. I don't know if you've seen, like, the layout. They actually I have. Do it. Probably. Yeah. And JSC agrees. There you go. So, <laughs> I don't know. It, it's just interesting to me. I'm I saw so many posts... You know, within the last couple of years, of people saying, "Oh, you know what? If, if, um, you know, if, if they start charging for Facebook, I am totally leaving this place." And you know, all this other crap that I knew was ridiculous. Now they're actually they might be charging for people that are optionally going to try to do that. All of a sudden, you start like hearing, you know, news feeds from your great aunt Gertrude, and you have no idea why the hell that's happening. It's probably because she's paying seven dollars a month to have her crap put on your freaking news feed. Welcome to the new Facebook. Well, yes. I mean, there's really not much. It's it's been all about the crazy microtransactions and getting your friends to spend time or money on on games for quite a while, social right. games. And now it's just, I guess, it's kind of moving that revenue model toward uh, just seeing things, just posting. That's know? right. Which is, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't see how it could really be successful in the long term. No, I don't either. And I, I think I think Facebook's going to have a, a difficult time continuing at the current clip that they're on you know what i do like though facebook's kind of started to axe the fake accounts like they've started to really actually go after the the fakies and in theory there's a lot of those oh in theory you could make up like 
40% of their user base um, that they've been touting all over the world, which is one of the reasons their grossly overpriced IPO came out the way that it did. Yeah. Um, I, can we yeah. stop talking about Facebook? I'm, I'm like, I'm getting, I'm, veins are going to stop popping out of my head in a minute here. Sure, why not? Well, there was a pretty big news from the gaming world. Okay, uh, what's that? Well, that, that kind of exploded Twitter earlier this afternoon. The tweeter? That is. Uh, yes. that, that is that uh, Cliffy B, Cliff Blizinski, is yeah. leaving uh, Epic Games. <clears throat> Cliff, don't call me Cliffy B, Blizinski. I called him Cliffy B. What's he going to do about it? You did that. He could come beat me up, actually. I, he I, probably I, will. I should probably He's actually right across the street from you, so he will come and kill you. <laughs> um, in any case, uh, actually, he's not. He's, he's out in Cary. Um, right. But anyway, so Cliff Blazinski, for those of you that don't know, actually was a co-founder of Epic Games. Way back in the day, back when it was Epic Mega Games, I believe, which is just an Epic awesome name. Mega Super Games. Yeah. That's um, not true. It wasn't actually that. Um, yeah, so... Cliffy, oh, we sorry, we got a Vulcan assassin by surprise. He didn't even know. This is hot breaking news, folks. Yeah, this, this is hot breaking news. This is this is actually like hot off the presses. I was pretty shocked when I saw this. I just I don't know what it was. It's like Cliff Blazinski. His his DNA is so firmly entrenched in Epic Games. I just thought that he would never leave. Am I alone in thinking that? I yeah. He seems like one. He seemed like one of those guys that would just stick with him forever. Um, yeah, I mean like. If he was going to jump ship and make his own studio, I feel like he would have done that 10 years ago, you know? Yeah, it's curious why now. It seems there's a lot being not told. Uh, I don't know what it could possibly be. I mean, Epic's doing pretty darn well for itself. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, could it be? Could it, Do you think it could possibly be that he's just like, hey, I, I want to try something different. Might as well strike while the iron's hot. Or do you think there's something bad going on in the background? I don't think. I, I, okay, so it depends on if you buy his explanation. His explanation is that, you know, it's it's more like he so he, he to be fair, he took a sabbatical last year mm -hmm. and it was the first time he had taken a sabbatical since he was at Epic Games. And his justification was that he's been, you know, full out the whole time and just been going nuts. And so now it's time for him to take a little time off. And so he's kind of instead of taking a sabbatical, instead of collecting a check from Epic Games directly, um, he can kind of walk away regather his thoughts and then maybe figure out what the heck he wants to do i don't get the feeling that he's jumping to start his own development company you know why do you get that feeling because I, I i don't know if i agree i i just i don't think I mean, you think maybe he just wants to try something different maybe he wants to try puzzle games maybe he wants to try facebook games not cliff Blizzard. i see how i'm tying that all together yeah no, that was good um i don't want, i still don't want to talk about facebook though um, but yeah, no, I, I, I don't know. I, I just, I just don't get a feeling he's he's going to be going out there doing that. I, I wish him a great amount of success if he does. And you know, if he wants to create puzzle games, I'll probably never play anything he ever makes ever again. But in any case, I did greatly enjoy all, almost all the games that he ever put together at Epic Games, and uh, I think it'll be interesting. You know, I mean, you have very strong personalities. Um, hmm. You know, in terms of. Mark Ryan at Epic Games. There are, there are a lot of great, very strong personalities at Epic that I'm sure will be just fine. But you got to wonder, is there kind of a Steve Jobs effect here as well? Um, with Cliff Blazinski gone, you know, do, he's, kind of the, he's kind of the face and the brains of the organization at the same time, you know? Right. And, and Slayer makes an interesting point. Maybe he's going into something completely different. Maybe he's not going into games. I don't know if that's the case, but... I'd say that's a better. I'd say that's a better guess. The reason why is because Cliff Blazinski 
is one cool dude and has his hands in a lot of things. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see him jump into music or, or, you know, movies or something like that. You know, it's not like he's going to be hurting for the cache. Um, yeah. You know, he's got a solid future ahead of him, I think, in pretty much whatever he does. Well, before we move on to the main topic, yeah. there's one more thing I want to talk about in the news. Okay. Yep. And that is the great debate that's going on right now that's thundering across America and beyond. Resident Evil 6. Terrible game or worst game of the series? Go. <laughs> that is that is a um, that's that's a tough debate. Um, so I haven't played it, nor have I read any reviews of the full game. So here's what I'm going to tell you based on what I've seen about the game in terms of gameplay videos and in terms of the teasers that we saw. Mm-hmm. Resident Evil Six looked horribly disappointing to me. It, it just looked like more... So, Resident Evil 4, awesome. Resident sure. Evil 5 Not so was... Much. Yeah, a pitiful comparison it's just to bland. Resident Evil 4. Yeah, exactly. Like, recycled BS, right? Mm-hmm. Resident Evil 6 looked like... It's like... It's like I, I don't even, I'm trying to think of the, the right thing here, but like, I, I, like as you clone something, it gets like more diluted and less like the good thing, the original, right? It's like they cloned Resident Evil 4 so many times. That was Resident Evil 5. And then Resident Evil 5 was cloned so many times, and now that's Resident Evil 6, and it's just ugly. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, it, it's non-functional. It's just, it's just schlock. They put out another Resident Evil movie. I don't know if you knew this. Yeah. Well, this is what, the fourth or fifth one? Fifth one. Fifth one? Fifth one, I think. Holy and crap. Which is un- unbelievable. I mean, absolutely unbelievable. But my point is... Resident Evil in two media at the same time is far outlasting its welcome here, right? It's just a disaster. Stop the hurting and either produce more Resident Evil 4, release Resident Evil 4 for the, you know, for newer consoles as they come out, or kill Mila Jovovich. I don't know what you have to do, but something has to be done, people. Yes, and to... And to, to... Uh, hurry up or, or uh, finish up the uh, new segment. I will say the next 16-bit gem will be on Resident Evil 6. So, just so you know, that's coming out. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, coming 2016. Yeah, exactly. 16 by <laughs> 16-bit gem. Um, so, yeah. Okay. So that's enough of that. I, I don't. You know, whatever. We 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 try to we try to keep things a little bit interesting in terms of the news and notes. Try to keep it relevant. Try to keep it going. But now. We're going to jump into the topic of the day, which I think is equally topical, Rue. That's why we picked it, right? Equally topical, yes. It, equally topical to the fact that Cliff Blazinski is, is no longer with Epic Games. <laughs> and we're surprising people in the chat. With that. It was just announced a couple hours ago. Yes. That's topical. Um, no. So we wanted to talk about... Kickstarter. Kickstarter. And specifically, the idea that Kickstarter probably has gone down a few paths that I don't, I'm not sure anybody really saw it was going to go down and to really talk about, I guess, in, in a, in a comprehensive way for the next, for the next, you know, 20 minutes or so, what is, what's the deal with Kickstarter? What do we make of it? How is it really affecting gaming mm-hmm. and where do we see it going? Well, first off in 30 seconds. Uh, uh, okay. No, 20 minutes. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, so the, the top the title, the topic of our title, Kickstarter is not a store, comes from a recent blog post uh, by Kickstarter, where yep. 
they used it to basically announce that uh, they're changing a few of the uh, their terms of service, basically uh, talking about how creators need to talk about their risks and the risks and challenges each project faces. And uh, if you're designing hardware or you're doing a Kickstarter for hardware, you need to uh, not simulate a product you need to and, and, and renderings are prohibited. You need to basically show what you have and that's about it. You can't, you know, make a software, a SolidWorks model or something and say, this is what's going to be. You have to show sure. what you have. You can't project into the future. And basically right. it's just, these are all ways for um, pro projects to, it's making people aware of what these projects, the risks involved, basically. So, um, yeah. And I'm, all right, that's cool. Let me, let me take a step back too. Mm -hmm. So Kickstarter is not, necessarily originated at all to be bent toward gaming let's let's say that right oh, no. off the bat not right? originally so um kickstarter was a way to crowdsource mm -hmm. venture capital yes so you know you get out there you basically you know you just you just have an idea you got a pitch that you put together you got maybe a business plan just like you would for any other any other pitch for venture capital that you would make, right? And then you accept presenting it to a board of directors or a group of financiers, you instead go and bring it to the public and see what they have to do and see if maybe they can donate money to help you get your stuff off the ground. Mm -hmm. So it's venture capital for the regular people, right? Okay. But it sounds to me like what you're saying is it went in a very different direction yeah i mean people were using it basically uh as a store uh you know there were there have been some failed projects some successful projects that have been uh a little dubious uh at yeah. least in the in the spirit of kickstarter i wouldn't say scams but you know what things that um provide a service right yep but something that could be positive you know easily found if someone just opened a web store Right. And uh, right. it's a way to, if someone has a finished product, to to basically sell that through Kickstarter. And Kickstarter said, no, that's not what we want to be about. We want to be about people who can, who are looking to design something new, and yep. and and put it out there. But they they don't have the capital. They don't have the get get up and go funding to go. That's right. what and that's what venture capital is all about. So instead exactly. of going out and finding angel investors or other millionaires that. And may, most likely will not uh, yeah. fund. Uh, why not crowdsource that? Or, you know, right. you have a hundred people give twenty bucks, and all of a sudden you're talking about real money to get started. Yeah, and, but then the problem it seems to me became when people started incentivizing it with real tangible stuff that um, were contingent upon producing a product. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. So, in other words, hey, um, and you know, we, we've talked about this before in terms of. Um, the success of Double Fine, which kind of changed Kickstarter forever. Yeah. Um, but the idea was, hey, if you donate this much, you know, just like just like a, a PBS donation drive, right? You donate this much, you'll get this. You donate this much, you'll get that. On the way down to ridiculous amounts of money that will get you things that only people with a ton of money would ever probably pay for, right? Mm -hmm. Right. And some of those things were absolutely absurd i mean right am i right so yes. right so 
So, you know, you, you talked about dubious things getting posted up there. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Right. So people post, you know, ridiculous and dubious things that then become, you know, full blown venture capital. And then they just walk away because <laughs> there's no guarantee with Kickstarter that when you donate money that you're going to get the finished product. And, and that's what Kickstarter wanted to partially make amends for in changing their service, their terms of service here is by saying, look, when you, when you put up, when you make a project, you need to show what the money is going toward, what may or may not happen. You know, not if you're, if you're going out to create a, uh, the new iPhone or something like that. Yep. Things could get in the way and you, you might die, you know, you, whatever your factory might blow up and you lose all the money. Regardless, yep. people need to be made aware of that. Um, and I think that's fine. I think that's good that Kickstarter's kind of growing up a little and, and showing, you know, it's going back to its roots of what it try, it's trying to be in the first place, which is a crowdsourced venture capital site. Exactly. And, and, and so I think what people started to expect is that it was kind of like a place, and, and I, I've seen it this way before too, right? I mean, I saw, you know, I saw a, a couple Kickstarters where I was very tempted to donate not because I gave a crap about what was actually going to be produced, but because I just wanted the consolation gift. <laughs> mm -hmm. Because they were giving away consolation gifts that you probably couldn't get much, you know, really anywhere else um, for a price that was pretty much lower than you could get anywhere else, right? Right. <laughs> and also we sound like we're uh, having a con casual conversation while surfing for porn. Yeah, exactly. I don't normally do that. Uh, where am I? Uh, yeah, what's, what's I mean, oh, that's that's we've kinky. We've yeah, only like done that. that a few times, but uh, yeah, exactly. You know, regardless, <laughs> what um, is what is this Kickstarter thing? Oh, really? Is that is that with a donkey? Unbelievable! That's fantastic. <laughs> but so something I'll say is that I I do think in in theory Kickstarter is an amazing thing to have yes. out there. I mean, I've I've worked I worked for a startup company for four years that was dependent on. Startup money, uh, and yep. eventually it failed because yep. it, the money ran out, you know. And the problem is, I mean, we were making something that was of a high uh, scale, basically, you right. know, it's a, something that couldn't be funded off of Kickstarter. But if yeah, you, yeah, but if you have like if a, you have something that's a little bit easier, then it's easier to say, right? You know. If you have just like a small product that you want to uh, sell, uh, that, that might be easier. Maybe a, a DVD project or something like that, something to fund, uh, that would, that would make more sense. That's something like maybe you need uh, money to buy the camera or, or, or to travel right. the world, make a documentary or something like that. Absolutely. Whatever, whatever it, it, it takes to get you up and running. Right. So the, the thing that's interesting for me is, so let's think about what the, what's kind of the big <laughs> the big successes have been so far, right? So we mentioned the adventure game with Double Fine, mm -hmm. right? That was the first big success, which really turned... When most people think of Kickstarter now, they think of video games. It just tends to be the way things are now, right? Mm -hmm. Because of that. Then there was the most successful Kickstarter of all time, the Pebble, um, which is a wristwatch that right. syncs via Bluetooth to your smartphone and allows you to control it and run open source apps on the watch. Which I don't even think, I mean, it's funny that, I don't know, people talk about all the time about bad Kickstarters, talking about them right now uh, yep. in the chat. Um, yep. And 
to me that sounds like a stupid Kickstarter, but it's the most yes. successful one out there. I don't see it why is. you would want well, a watch you know it the same thing Here's as your the phone. Thing. It, this is what I love. This what, see this is this is why I think it's cool. Cuz I you know I I think venture capital is cool, man. You know, I think it's a neat you know, something that I don't necessarily uh, dabble in in my own time, which is why they have Kickstarter out there, right? It allows you to be a venture capitalist. <laughs> um, but let's say you are a venture capitalist and, and you know, you're sitting somewhere and, you know, you kind of go to a ritzy hotel, you know, there's like a joint where they got, you know, all kinds of decorations and stuff and you kind of make it nice and lavish. And you sit there with your cigar and people come in kind of Shark Tank style and pitch you on something. I do love Shark Tank, by the way. That's there you go, show. right? So what happens for that is you go in, you've got to pitch. You've got to have a plan. You've got to have, you know, a lot of tangible experience on your team to show that you actually are capable of executing on the plan, right? Mm -hmm. If you look at every Kickstarter that I think does the job well, you will see all of those elements in droves. They have... A plan they have very very dedicated people and very talented people that can execute in the plan and they try to demonstrate that expertise everywhere and they also have quick flashy funny things you know videos um, multimedia stuff that shows you how cool and sexy it's gonna be when it's done right mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so if you look if you look at a Kickstarter you're gonna see all that stuff right mm-hmm I think that's awesome. Here you go. Now you have to make that same exact plea to the to the general public instead of Mr. Shark Tank. And when you see Kickstarters that probably aren't so good to to go take a look at um, or to donate your money to, they don't have any of that stuff. It's like, help me, you know, raise enough money to take out my garbage. Now, something interesting that um, Onion I just mentioned was: Do you think that Kickstarter? is a viable opportunity for big corporations like Sega to make games that they might feel are risky. It, it's tough. It's tough. See, um, see, to me, that kind of goes against the whole purpose of Kickstarter, is that if you're a company, if you have the capital, you know, you have that money for a reason, you can try to make it. Uh, it's... Kickstarter... To me, Kickstarter is... A way for everyone, like Joe Schmo on the street, to kind of pool resources and maybe something will catch fire on social media and then they can yep. get enough funding from enough people to get what he wants done. Right? I think I think you're exactly right. And if you if you have a a, a, a very large corporation doing that, I think you know It's kinda of gaming the, the system. It is. It's, it is. But but it's not really. I mean, well, I mean it's not really. It's yeah. It's it's. You have to. What I think. Here's what I think. If Sega came out right now and said we're going to make the new Sonic game if we get X amount of dollars, <laughs> I know Sonic Rose like that idea. No, I think they'd be. I think they'd be <laughs> I, well, okay, maybe she does. Right. Um, anyway, um, but I don't think they get the money because people would look at that and they'd be like, "Why the hell are these people doing this?" It, I think it would be actually a PR black eye for Sega. If they had to reach out in that regard, right? right? But and yet it, uh, it did well for Double Fine because they're not big enough. No, exactly. They're nice and small. They have the indie they're ethos. An, they're an indie darling. Everyone exactly. loves the indie games. Oh yeah, except not or at least the indie developers. They might not like the indie games, but right. they like the indie developers, which is a very key distinction. But I, um, but actually, this is something that um, our our last guest, Mr. Chris Pranger, uh, not a representative of Nintendo, uh, no. 
Still not. Nope, still not. Still not. But we were yep. chatting about this when when he was visiting. He's he's not a big fan of Kickstarter for that reason. He feels that uh, a lot of people are using it who don't need it. Um, True. Yep. And, yep. and I, I mean, I had to agree with him there. But overall, I think it's useful. A lot of and and another thing people have problems with is they attribute or they uh, basically say it's like e-begging, and that's a thing, you know, where people get pissed off if you ask for money online, um, yep. making videos or blog posts or whatever, and, and you say, hey, I want some, I need some money because I'm doing this. <laughs> uh, some people get really vehemently angry about that. Um, oh, yes. Angry Video Game Nerd in particular had some backlash when he asked for, when he did his, um, I'm sorry, Indiegogo, which is similar to Kickstarter, yeah. um, for his movie. And he got hundreds of thousands of dollars. And a lot of people are like, oh, man, he's e-begging, blah, blah, blah. And to right. me, it's like, he's just a guy like everyone else. He's not a corporation. No, if he not. wants to make a movie and fans and are willing, are willing to people are willing to pay. Yeah. Exactly. And then that, why not? And I think that's the key thing here is that people get really pissed off at various Kickstarters. But if people are willing to pay and if they understand the risks, yep. which is key and which Kickstarter is trying to f fix right now, then exactly. I don't see the problem. Basically, I don't either. Uh, that, that's my that's my overarching thought. Yeah, and, and anybody on the street can can ask you for money. It's not against the law, right? Well, it's in most places. Some places well. it is kind of against the law. Different story. In any case, you know, you, anybody can get online and say, "Hey," and that's my point, right? If if I you know we get up there and say, "Hey, I want I want to have a Kickstarter for X Y Z," you look at that and you go, "Okay, no, I'm not doing that," right? Mm-hmm. Um, you, it's your choice whether you want to donate your hard-earned money. And folks, save it. Save it for the marathon this year. Please, please save it for the marathon. <laughs> um, but anyway. Uh, charity so marathon. Charity. It, it's going to be. We e-beg for charity. It's going to be a big, 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 big number. And we aren't collecting any money for it. <laughs> um, or from it, I should say. Anyway, so. Um, but, you know, anybody can get on, online and beg for money for their own stuff. And, and if they don't have what it takes, then you know what? Doesn't happen. Right. If people want to donate their money then, and they want to donate to stupid causes, go for it. And then, you know, don't be surprised when somebody walks away with your stuff. I mean, yeah. yeah, And that's the thing is that they, someone might donate to something what you think is stupid on Kickstarter. I think that watch thing is stupid, but a lot of people donated to yeah. it. That's just yep. me. If they yep. want to do it, that's fine. That's right. Now, if, if the watch guy was like, oh, uh, there's this thing I want to make and then people donate and then he runs away with the money. That is called scam. That's bad. Yep. That's exactly <laughs> so, but if but if someone if someone says I I want a Kickstarter for poops in a box, I'll poop in a box and send it to you for a hundred bucks, and then people say give him a hundred bucks, and then he poops in a box and gives it to him. That's not a scam. Yep. That's just kind of yep. silly. Yep. But but there's no illegal action there. So. Right. I mean, yes. Yeah, I, I don't know. It, it it is. It's a. Let's let's say this. It's a tough line that's out there. But the reason why it's appealing, in my opinion, is the reason why it self-governs, in my opinion, which is that the, the wheat is separated from the chaff, the cream rises to the top, and people will support Kickstarters only that makes sense to them. Mm -hmm. And if there is no market for something, then they will not buy it or they won't put any money into it and it will go away. Um, and I, I just think that's the end of the story. So then if people start throwing their money away, it's their fault. It's not like it's somebody else. Un unless they've been openly lied to, right? Which can happen. Which is why we have to have regulated, you know, 
entities and things like that. But that happens all the time in venture capital anyway. I could walk in and say, oh, yeah, I got this great idea. It's amazing. And that's, you get $50 yeah. like go to Costa Rica. It's like, okay. I believe it's something like 90% of, of uh, startup companies fail. And yep. that's why they call it venture capital. It, it's kind of like a nothing venture, nothing gain, essentially. It's like, uh, it's a risk. And, that's right. And there are risks involved with these Kickstarters. And as long as people are made clear of that, I exactly. don't really see a problem with any of them. Yeah. I don't either. And I think from my perspective, yeah, exactly. If you can find, if you can, if you can basically find a legitimate something to follow on Kickstarter, then more power to you. Mm -hmm. I think it makes a ton of sense. And I really like what it, what it is. And I really like, by the way, that it's kind of got a gaming bent to it now, you know, but there are a lot of projects out there that people want to make that are good projects. These are artistic in nature, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Oh, the other one I was going to mention is the, is obviously the Ouya, which has been one of the most successful Kickstarters as well. Oh yeah, and that that a lot of people blame blame that they basically say that's that's what caused Kickstarter to really kick it into gear and change for terms of service. So it, it is because I mean, who knows what's going to happen with the Ouya? And at the end of the day, it could go the way of the dodo. But in in any case, they definitely collected a lot of cash. Oh yeah, and they are ready to uh, you know. They might. They could either change the entire face of video gaming, or they could crumble and die. Probably the latter. Probably the latter. But, you know. But you, you, you know, you just got to hold. A lot of people are holding out hope that it's something very, very different. I mean, I, I'll be honest with you. At this point, I think Ouya actually has more third-party support than the Nintendo Wii U does. Oh, that's harsh. They have a really good lineup coming out. You're, just, you're blind. You're blind. I'm just saying. Anyway, I think it's true. All right. Well, so... anyways, let's. Why don't we do <laughs> the next part of the show now that we're just random rambling with that unsubstantiated um, yeah, slam so, against Nintendo? At, well, I mean, I have to. I have to get it in. I mean, why not? That's dirty. Um, it's okay. It's it's not like I wasn't going to be saying it on this week's weekly ringer. Um, ding, anyway. Ding. So anyway, um, yeah, and Rue is definitely not a represent representative of Nintendo. Um, if Chris Pranger definitely was not. <laughs> Anyway, and I and I am uh, they would they could not pay me to be a representative of Nintendo. Um. Anyway, so let's move on to the third and final aspect of our of our podcast here, aspect. which is most people's okay. What do, what do you want to say? Section, part, part, portion, piece, parcel. Yeah, parcel. I like that. The third parcel <laughs> delivered to you directly from us is the question and answer section. Parcel. Yes. Peace. And if people want to ask Art. questions, where do they send them? Well, it's where, very where, simple. It's a little you different actually, today. Just, yeah, it's a little different, right? If you want to send a question, all you got to do is click on my name, Commodore128, should be right at the top of your chat, in the upper right-hand corner, and click PM, which is private message, and send it to me. <laughs> I would be a rep of uh, Eugene Levy's Mini Golf Corporation. That is if, sweet. In if fact, they, they need it. Enough. <laughs> Damn it, I was going to say it. I already forgot. What is it? Stroke limit. Thank you. Wow. I had a mini stroke limit just then. This is why CDI has to be at least some kind of part of this year's marathon. Maybe it will right. be. Maybe it will be. All right. So I've got, so did everybody get that? Just click my name, Commodore128, and then click PM and send your questions to me. Maybe They can be about life. They can be about games. Maybe they can be about Kickstarter. Maybe you should give them the here. Oh, can I, I can give them the here? See, this is, this here. is, this is. Oh yeah, you're just not prepared to be. That's new technology right there. 
Um, I'm, not used to, I'm not used to running the comments section of the show. All right, here we go. So let's jump right in. Actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna say I'm gonna answer Red Mage's question first mm -hmm. because his is the most pertinent, and this question is is a very pertinent one and one I want to answer very clearly, the way that that no doubt the candidates are a answering their questions very directly right now as we speak. Oh, certainly. The question is, where's the weekly ringer this week? And the question, and the answer is, I already have it recorded. I just haven't posted it yet. That is the lame. That's the answer. Man, right. I can't Sorry. believe you're running behind on your videos. Hey, that's man. that's lame. That's yeah, loser talk there. What kind of loser week. would do that, not have videos come out in a long time? All right, so. That people are asking for. Dark Light Paladin 4. As you can see, I'm moving right along. I mean, I'm and I do need to shave. You, you do. This is late. This is called Lazy Beard. <laughs> this, is, this is, no, that's sexy stubble. Haven't you been watching Tosh Boy now? Um, okay. Starlight Paladin 4 asks, how do you feel about Pokemon Black 2 and White 2? And I have no opinion. I was so going oh, to say, do you have an opinion on that? <laughs> Another Pokemon game? Why waste my time? Uh, from what I understand, it's essentially like the, um, oh, I, I'm sure there's a term for it, but I can't think of it. It's, it's like the cap of the generation. Each, each generation has a cap. Like like a, a a game that comes out a little bit after the originals, uh, like <clears throat> first generation it was yellow, second generation it was like crystal, et cetera, et cetera. I was never a fan of those games because I feel like I'm basically buying the same game again with some small tweaks because I am. So I'm gonna skip it, wait for the next generation to come out, which I will get. That's a good call. Uh, so sub question: Dark Light Paladin also asks if we have any kind of gaming Sorry, marathon we'd like to talk that. about. Yeah. Hold on. You, the the you one look, I've been waiting for money for? You yeah. look to your right, and I'll look to my left. That's probably kind of creepy. All right. Or sexy. Both. So, okay. actually, yeah. In December, date to be determined fully. TBD. But um, we will be having the fourth annual Clan of the Grey Wolf Charity Marathon. Um, I don't exactly want to say who we're going with yet nope, nope. not not uh we don't want to divulge too much information right just make sure that you mark off all of december first little section of december or maybe midsection first, or maybe midsection we <laughs> haven't <laughs> determined that yet yeah. we have to um, we have to fist fight about it first um, yeah exactly and make sure that you don't donate to you know any other huge charity marathons or don't they don't donate all your money to those charity marathons no, those ones all suck they're all scams they're all, all of them. I'm going to go uh, on record. They're all scams. Yeah, exactly. Every single don't one. bother even, don't even donate to Kickstarter. Like while we're yeah. at it, we'll just, you know. Just, Spend just, no money on anything except for our charity marathon. Right, exactly. Just support our charity. <laughs> yeah, really certainly cool. don't donate to the Pat the NES Punks uh, NES no. marathon, which we're actually uh, going to be sponsoring. But still, don't donate to that. No, not Only at all. ours. But anyway, the Here's idea a, is. a great question. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, we go didn't ahead. even tell what the marathon was about. 60 well, hours of Super Nintendo. Yes. There you go. Super Nintendo games. All of them. No, okay, not all of them, but quite a bit. Single freaking Super Nintendo game. And you're going to be able to donate to have us go through challenges. Challenges oh. that if we beat will mean more money for charity. Wrap and your mind around that. You. And what? And less money for you. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> anyway. But yes, that's what we're going with. Super Nintendo. 60 hours. It'll be awesome. It is Super Nintendo. So just wanted to throw that out there. All right. The Onion Knight has a, has a really good question. <laughs> okay. Um, 
And I'm going to ignore his question about your facial hair and move to the real one. Is it sexy? The real question is... Did he say it's sexy? No. Do you think it's harder, or it was harder, to become a game developer in the 80s and 90s as it is to today? Harder. You know, I've actually talked to a few of the uh, old luminaries about this somewhat recently. Um, uh, I was at the Escapist Expo recently, uh, and uh, we, we both were there. And um, I... I um, conducted a panel on retro gaming that had Warren Robinette on it, who uh, developed Adventure for the Atari 2600, the first action-adventure game, and on a console. With an Easter egg. With the first Easter egg. Um, yeah. That that guy. And we were chatting a little bit during the panel and off about how he got started, and he was he basically was just a you know computer engineer that got right. in. He just I'd like to like, code. hey, this Atari thing seems interesting. It seems people more didn't know what you, you, in the early 80s, you didn't really set out to become a game developer. It just kind of happened, more or less. You know, you might get roped into it yeah. through a series of unfortunate events. <laughs> right. Uh, now, from what I I've... I out by my parents, and I became a game developer. Right. Uh, and I've talked to a few people who are in game development. Um, and it like seems... Well, they might Formally Epic Games. They may or may not work at Epic Games. Right, but, they're probably um, begging for cash out in out on the uh, out on I forty right now. Yeah, there you go. But uh, to 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 break in to break into the big ones, I should say, because it's different. If you want to just be an indie game developer, as I'm sure Mr. ADD at work could say, you can just make your game. Yep. And that I make that sound way easier than it really is. You can just make yep. the game. Right. Um, but if you want to break into the big boys, you need to start off as a. Um, oh, usually you start off in uh, what, what's it called? Uh, like QA, quality, mm -hmm. quality control. Right. Which is not fun, and there's a dime a dozen of you. But no. um, And you were not treated well. I would say it probably would be easier just because you didn't have so many people back in the day, just because you didn't have so many people. Yeah, going for the definitely. same golden or uh, brass ring, I should say. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say harder, but I'm gonna say it for because I agree with everything you said. But I'll, I'll I'll give you another reason. The real reason I think it's harder to get into video games now as a developer is although there are so many more games now, which would mean that it might be easier. I think it's harder because games are so much more elaborate and hard to make now. Generally, that it's just I mean. Now, you know, there are a lot of games that are very simple that get put out there, and people do fall into that, but those are one in a million. They really are. So it's not, it's, you know what I mean? It's not, it's not easy to get onto a team and really know. You, you can't just kind of fall into it anymore. You've got to really know what you're doing. Um, and so I think it's a lot harder. Some would say it's Lynn Sanity. No, no there. one would say that. No one would ever say that. I would say that. Also, um, we have the Batman in the chat. Just nice, good. I'm glad. Yeah. Um, so Rip wants to know if I am a Zildjian or Sabian man, and the answer is, I am a Zildjian man. Oh, I thought Always he was talking that. about anime. Always will. Sorry. Be. No. All right. Uh, let's see. Do, 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 do. Okay. Here we go. Kaz the gamer guy. Awesome question. What are your thoughts on the on the X Rare employees trying to build support for Banjo Tooie successor? In other words, a Banjo Three. That's terrible. So how are they building support? I actually haven't heard about this. I haven't heard about it either, but let's talk about the general concept. So All right. the idea of, of rare people, right? So people that actually, because rare is a, we talked about this last time, is a shell of its former self. Well, everyone who made rare what rare was left. Yes. And either they, they left to do other things or they went in to make free radical or whatever. But yeah, yeah. they go. Rare go. Um, 
You know, I think it's interesting to see. I, I don't know. I mean, the, the concept. So I don't know if any of you actually did go and took my advice and watched the uh, postmortem for Goldeneye. I think it was two weeks ago. I think I suggested that. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it's really cool to see that team and see what they did and see the cool personalities that came together. And you start to realize that that's kind of like a once in a lifetime thing that, you know, teams don't just magically come like the Beatles don't just come together all the time. You know what I'm saying? It's like that sure. comes along every, you know, like or look at the Rolling Stones, if you will. Maybe you're a Stones guy, right? You know, 50 years ago, the Stones came along. It, you know, you can't substitute any one of the Stones and still have the Rolling Stones, right? Okay. So, you know, I'm not sure. I mean, would I if I'm going to see a new a new game? And I think Banjo Banjo Kazooie needs another game. I think because I think it was a great series, um, especially with the new the new consoles. Um, I, I think I would you rather see people that worked on the original or would you rather see a fresh mind kind of come to it? That's like what I think the real question is. I don't know. It could be good either way. It could be bad either way. We, we've seen it fail in both regards, right? Yeah. So uh, the thought would be that maybe it would be more successful one way or the other, but the fact is that it's just not, right? Mm -hmm. All right. Here we go. This is a good one. Brooklyn Surf asks. Well, Vulcan Assassin has a good. Sorry to cut you off. Vulcan Assassin has a good topic to put in the hopper. Okay. For another uh, echo screen, <laughs> you're going to do that. Uh, video game crash of the '80s could it happen again. Yeah. Question mark. Maybe we'll, crash. Maybe we'll do that there. But anyway, question again. I just wrote. That oh, he down. is putting in the hopper. The hopper. <laughs> Brooklyn Surf asks, "Do you guys collect the physical CD albums for your favorite RPGs?" If so, which ones do you have, or, or which ones do you have, or recommend? Like music albums, I assume. Correct. Yes, I have. Um, not often. I do have quite a few Final Fantasy VI CDs that I got back in college. Um, that might be about it. I do remember getting the Secret of Mana CD back yep. in the day when it was offered in the back of the. Uh, when they had like the order form to get cool stuff from Square, straight from Squaresoft, uh, yeah. you could send away for things like that. That's why I actually initially got the Final Fantasy VI album from that too. Did you spend the two hundred dollars or whatever it is to buy the official like Final Fantasy collections that were never released in America? Uh, it wasn't that much. I did get. I do have a couple of CDs that weren't released in America. Okay. Um, like the piano collection, things like that. Yep. Uh, I heard of that that album I've heard is fantastic. Oh, it's very good, yes. You know what else is really neat is uh the Final Fantasy Four Celtic Moods album. Uh uh Onion Knight just said that. Yes. That, that is that a is very that's good. actually a really good one. I would check that one out. And I'll tell you right now, you know where we're going with this. First mm -hmm. of all, if you're gonna get one soundtrack, and we spoil this every time we do the freaking podcast, you've gotta get the Chrono Cross. I love Chrono Cross. Yeah. Because it's just great music. You don't have to know anything about the game at all. And that music is engaging and exciting and fun. And, and people that don't even like video games would like it. Um, uh, I, just good, solid music. I would almost put it ahead of uh, Chrono Trigger. Uh, um, yes. I, I mean, it, yes, it's it's definitely much more in, in Mitsuda's, Yosunori Mitsuda's um, Celtic phase, yeah. so to speak, where you really just got super big in the Celtic music. Yep. But uh, it, it's still, top to bottom, a really great soundtrack. Well, it's by far the best thing about that game. Yeah, and if you look at Chrono Cross, it's kind of this, 
and and Mitsuda actually says this many years later is that you he takes the best of Chrono Trigger and melds it with this phase he's going through, and right. so you kind of get the best of both worlds. And depending on what part of the the album you listen to, and and every, you know there there are some tracks on there that aren't as good as others, but but most of them are really really good. Um, let's see. Nes some Simpson asked, "Do you guys have any programming experience? And if so, have you done anything with it?" Games. <laughs> Does this count our uh, Star Trek Next Generation text adventure that we wrote in Basic back in high school? Yes, it does. It counts. Then yes. Um, I, I do have some programming experience. I'm actually uh, going through some certification for that right now. Um, am I going to do anything with it? Probably not. It's just kind of cool to have. I always like programming. Yeah, I. so I'm the same way. Love programming. I started programming when I was basically 10 years old. Um, my name befits it. The first language I ever learned was basic for the Commodore 64, um, even though I had a Commodore Classic. 128. Um, so yeah, I, I tried to start learning how to program in basic. And then I, my dad had a book <laughs> that had like Fortran, basic, oh, Fortran. Pascal. That's yeah, it had, yeah, which was borderline assembly language. Like it was. I actually awful. really enjoy coding in assembly. It's, oh, it, so there you go. It, I don't know. It's kind of silly. It's a different world. Yes. All right. So, um, man, the, there's a lot of good questions here. Holy crap. Um, all right, cool. So here, I'll <laughs> oh, give you one to chew I, on. Before we go on, though, no. before we go okay, on. Go Sonic yep. Rose makes the great quote, greatest quote I've ever seen about Chrono Cross. Great okay. music, good game, terrible sequel. I think that's pretty <laughs> accurate. Yeah, there you go. That's, that just about gets to the heart of it. Um, and what, in fact, why don't I just jump right into a question from Sonic Rose, shall I? Why not? Um, so she, she gets a, a bone, a cookie for yeah, uh, having yeah, that's, quote that's right for making for making witty comments in the chat. You <laughs> you get your question read. Um, all right, so and it actually starts off with that. Um, I'm going to a convention soon, and I'd like to know what's your favorite part of a convention. It really depends on the convention. Yeah. There there's a few different kinds. Um, I wouldn't count E3 as a convention. That's an expo. It's like a trade expo. Um, by... And just so you know, Sonic Rose, I'm writing down your second question, and it's going to become a weekly ringer. <laughs> oh, nice. Uh, da, da, da. But something like PAX East. The thing I really, I, the thing I really like about PAX East the most are the panels. Those are some really high quality panels that you got there. Uh, the things I liked about, um, uh, say, Magfest, is that it's a nonstop party for like four days. So like you yep. can go. Uh, go down to the free arcade at one in the morning and it's open and you can play all the arcade games you know that's just fun you know the people there are great um the portland retro gaming expo just got back from first time there great expo best thing there freaking great deals on retro video games yep uh, so so there was the uh the vendors so it really depends on which expo which convention you're talking about uh, each one has its strengths yeah, I think that's true. From from my perspective, you know, what I think makes a good convention, and see, I, maybe I'm a little different. I like the kind of more academic setting. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not saying I, I like to cut loose, you know, I, I, or I don't like to cut loose. Foot I really loose. do. I got, you know, I got to cut loose. <laughs> um, don't make me play the drums. I won't. So, uh, no, but I, I think what what gets me going for those things mm -hmm. is people talking, you know, doing what, what we do at the site all the time, which is, I think, really talk in an intelligent and informed way about video games and you know you feel 
a little bit more legitimate in how, you know, in being a kind of um, informed uh, guru or expert in a particular part of cultural, um, you know, production in that regard. Because if you start talking about like that, you know, video games in a lot of settings, it, it becomes very inappropriate, right? You know, you talk about it at work, people call you a geek, you know, um, you, know you talk about it at the bar, people start throwing beer, um, you know, whatever the case. Are you going to bad bars? Yeah, well, I mean, you know, I am in Boston now. Um, so anyway, so, you know, the idea of um, the idea of talking about video games in a really kind of ele elevated and escalated way that people really put a lot of time and effort into and bring their expertise to is probably my favorite part with a close second just being kind of the cultural community, seeing people out there, seeing that other people like the same stuff you do. It's kind of a really big affirmation play for me. It's like, oh, I'm not the only person that likes this stuff, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that that is true. It is a great place to be with like minds. Uh, and it's also a bit of a mind screw to know that that's like the one place I might somewhat get recognized uh, or yes. both of us. Um, it's that's always fun. <clears throat> the, the the somewhat conceited sounding answer as well as meeting fans is always a lot of fun too. That's awesome. Uh, you know, I, obviously. I, yeah. Uh, I don't think I don't think that I've ever been more shocked than when that happens. Yes. Um, but it's, 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 it's like that's yeah. People actually watch what I do, you know, yeah. I, like I and they exist actually, as real people. They're not yeah, just bits well, I, and bytes. I just thought that my family felt really bad for me and they just started <laughs> all these names and just commenting on the site. Yep. Um, turns out that's not the case. And there are real people out there that actually like what we do. How amazing is that? That is kind of crazy. Um, I just blow your mind. This is crazy. Mr. Andy Creed and Rue is really a scientist. Next. Yes. Uh, uh, so so uh, one more question. I think we did get started a little late. We did. I'm not pointing fingers at anybody. One more question. <laughs> why we started late? It's not that I, not that I have a debate taped that I want to watch or anything. No, it's no. well. I mean, it's not like it's going to go anywhere. Would you? Would you record it on it combustible might. tape for Mission Impossible? Maybe I did. Um, Maybe I secretly have a political blog that I need to hurry up and write a <laughs> post for. Right. Well, you if you I were don't. trying to live, if you're trying to live blog the event, then you totally missed the boat. All right, so yeah, let's see. Whatever yeah. you're saying. That's um, great. Uh -huh. Here, here's a. This is this is a kicker. You ready for this? A kicker. Is it a humdinger? Yep. It's is a humdinger. What's it? It's a ding hummer. That's what. Gross. Yeah, that's not good. It's not a ding hummer. That would be. It's it's a humdinger. Anyway, here we go. So, what do you think? This is from the bow tie guy. Uh -huh. I heard also his, a his contributor work. to the Weekly Ringer. Thank you, bow tie guy. What do you think's going on with Sony, um, specifically? They're the only ones with no announced slash strongly implied next generation console. Do you think the PS4 will even happen at this point? A lot of questions there, but, you know, good ones. Mm -hmm. I like questions. Uh, PS4, yeah, that'll happen. I think um, PS4 will happen. There's, there's real question as to whether or not it might be Sony's last gasp. Maybe. Sony as a company is not doing very well. Nope. Um, and if, I mean, PS, the PS Vita is not doing great. It's not, it's not a huge failure, but it's not doing great. If PS4 came out and absolutely bombed, I could see Sony cutting ties. But regardless, they will. Um, and Batman would win in a fight with Hollow Snake. <laughs> and we all need to find that out in a video game at some point. Yes. Um, yeah, so I think Sony is in real trouble. 
um, that that doesn't you don't have to be able to read the tea leaves to know that they're in real trouble. Okay. Um, in fact, much of the traditional Japanese consumer electronic companies, and notice I say Japanese and not Asian. You're so racist. Japanese companies uh, are having a really, really hard time getting back with the times. You know, sharp. Um, uh, so uh, uh, these companies that are really, really s falling behind some of the other companies like, say, Samsung, which is Korean, right? Mm -hmm. um, that's really finding a lot of ways to dominate in almost every freaking market th that they're in, right? Um, so Sony is in is in a tailspin. They can't build a good TV to save their lives. They've had a long, long time before they had any kind of innovation hit the market that actually stuck. Um, Blu-ray adoption has been a lot slower than they anticipated, um, you know, just, even though they won over HD DVD, obviously. Um, I don't know. I, I just think there is... I think Sony's in a lot of trouble, which probably at the end of the day will will probably define more of what happens with the PS4 than what has ever happened in the past. Yeah. Before, I think it's just been throw a bunch of cash at them, let them make PS4, see what comes out, laugh as money rolls in, question mark, question mark, question mark, profit. Mm -hmm. um, I don't think that's going to happen anymore. They have to be very, very focused on what the hell they do with the PS4. And JTX uh, also brought up he thinks that uh, nintendo is hurting right now i uh as well i somewhat disagree i mean yeah they had their first loss ever or, or in modern times i should say uh, yep. but i think that was a conflagration of bad things going on to ha make that happen uh the, the 3ds was flat upon release but now it's doing fine the, the yen yep. is still strong versus the dollar i think the wii u will be successful i think the wii u will be very successful especially at launch Mm -hmm. I, I'm not sure it's going to be anywhere near the success that the Wii was in the longevity. And even the Wii in its longevity um, didn't perform for Nintendo as it needed to. So I, I'm i a little bit skeptical at this point, but hey, look, uh, gaming is not gaming without Nintendo. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to say it. It's just not. Yep. And, and so I, I wish them all the best of luck, and I hope that the Wii U... I hate to tip the the you know my my hand here for what the weekly ringer is going to talk about, but hmm. you know I, I'm not looking for a Wii U anytime soon. But but I got to say, if the concept works out and the and the gameplay that they've outlined really does come true, and they pull it off, then I'm totally on board. Um, here's another cool question. This is a really simple. I'll, we'll do some rapid fire ones now, right? All right. All right. So uh, Darklight Paladin Four asks, will this hmm. chat be available during non-Echo Screen events? The answer is yes. This is now a fully registered channel on Wild Ride. So. If any of you want to jump in here and talk, you are more than welcome to do so. I can't promise that Rue or myself will ever be here, other than uh, in uh, right. Echo Screen events. Uh, we even toyed around with the idea of creating a chat that actually would run as just Clan of the Grey Wolf, which we still might do. So stay stay tuned for news on that. But we just wanted to kind of, we needed a, a, a testing chat panel that we could use in conjunction with YouTube. That's what we've got here. So... Just that, was, that, that wasn't a very rapid answer, but... Oh, it was a rapid question. Comparatively, it was. Next. Um, all right, cool. So here we go. Let's see. How many times has Rue beaten Earthbound from Nessicool? Ness is cool, sorry. Uh, not that much. Maybe half a dozen. That's not that much? That's more times than I've beaten Final Fantasy VI. Really? Yeah. Oh, you're a bad fan. I know. Well, I don't play games a hundred times. Why? Why? They're, well, if they're awesome. I, hey... Yep. Do you remember when I got everyone to level 99 
in Final Fantasy VI? Yes, I do. That was awesome. That and, was awesome. Until the battery died. Yeah. Well, what was really awesome is that I got to, I actually beat Final Fantasy IV before I ever played it because you had that game. True. And what's funny is I was so bad at it that it still was hard for me. Anyway... All right, so let's see. Do, 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 do. Um, do you do you guys think it would be a smart move for Capcom to remake Resident Evil Four from Slayer Four Seven Eight? Really? Did you Again? play it? Did you play it? No. Okay, I played it. I, I, so Resident <laughs> Evil Two, Resident Evil Two is is a is is a cool ass game. Um, I mean, I have played it. It's been a while, but. It's been a long time, and I, don't, I, I will tell you, I never beat it. I, I actually got bored of it and walked away. I beat three. Four was amazing. Capcom's um, in a lot of trouble. I, I beat five. Yeah, Capcom's in a world of hurt. I don't know, um, I don't know if remakes are really going to help them or save them. But, uh, remakes have helped to put them where they are now, as a matter of fact, so I don't think that's probably a good idea. But, yeah, regardless. Next. Next. All right, so let's see. Um, how about... Oh, this is great. There's another one. All the Resident Evil questions are coming in now. <laughs> um, here we go. Oh, here's a, here's a rapid-fire one. What are you and Rue's feelings on the looming release of Doom 3 BFG edition from Algebraic 89? Never been a big fan of Doom. Or, oh, or first-person shooters in general, really. Let me tell you what you're missing. So um, there is an awesome, one of, there's a new Kickstarter for <laughs> an immersive gameplay unit that allows you to have... Uh, you put on this headset, and it actually delivers a full virtual reality experience where you can actually look and see inside the game, okay? And John Carmack of id Software was so astounded by this technology that he that Doom 3 BFG Edition is going to be the first game that is fully supported by the hardware. I think that's more exciting in many ways than the game being released itself in any kind of way. I liked Doom 3. It was genuinely very, very scary. I was scared to death of that game because I turned all the lights off and I jacked up my PC volume. And, and it was like, it was actually a really, really creepy and scary game. I can't imagine what it would be like if I actually had like a headset on that didn't allow me to look away. So I think that's a cool little aspect of it. I'm, I'm excited about that. All right. All right, cool. Let's do one more and we'll call it a night. So let's see. Here we go. ADD at work. We have the new clock tower. That's also a Kickstarter. Anyway, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, that's good. ADD at work, the old stalwart. Here's something I've been thinking of lately. What makes you a quote-unquote real developer? That's a good question. It's a great question. <laughs> that's um, I, I, see, right? Yeah. Um, I mean... Hmm. What makes you a real developer? That's a great question. I should write that one down too. Maybe that'll be a great weekly ringer. I mean, I guess as opposed to an independent developer, um, that's a good question. I mean, I think there's a question that every, every company started as an indie company at some point, right? Yeah, but all right. So, but think about this. What makes you a, a real musician? Is it selling a million albums? No, I think it becomes, you know, you have a certain, you can demonstrate a certain competence at a certain craft, right? And you might not be recognized necessarily by the general public as such, but that doesn't, you know, <laughs> does that mean you're not a developer? I, th I think Newmark has a good point where he says, that's a great question, but there's no time. Yeah, that's a great question. 
Is that the bell? Okay, great. Did I, did <laughs> we can move on to the next question. Uh, no, that's 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 a very um, kind of open ended. All right, good. So what you're if saying a tree is falls in the forest, kind of thing. What? Sorry. You're, you're saying I need to ask this for a weekly ringer. I think that would be a good weekly ringer. Yeah. Okay, I'll do that. So we'll we'll, we'll see. Look at that, guys. From the Echo Screen Live, I've got two new weekly ringer topics right off the bat. Putting them put them in the hopper, ready for the weekly ringer. Yes. All right. So, uh, well, thanks, guys. I, that's what I gotta say. Thanks because you 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 kind of stuck with us throughout this little little testing session we had here, even though this was an official iteration of the Echo Screen Live, the official podcast of the Clan of the Gray Wolf. You know, I, it, it it is it's it's definitely a little bit different. Yes. Glad you guys hung with us with our new chat client. Glad you're sticking with us with our new YouTube you know method of of broadcasting. Hopefully, we can work out some more of those kinks. Uh, before next week, what do you think? We, you think we can get a couple more? Oh yeah, out? no, I promise it'll be better. Uh, well, in two weeks, not next. Now week. tell them when we when we're on, Rue. When when we actually come on? Well, we're back to the old schedule, so that means every first and third Wednesday of the month, which means the next one will be October seventeenth. Take that. Whether Internet. whether or not that's a that's also a, a presidential debate, who knows? Probably. I'm bad at scheduling these things, apparently. Yeah, and fair, and that's which is great for me. I mean, why not just why not just crush the presidential debates? Um, um, so, so uh, from the chat, thumbs up, quick thumbs up, thumbs down on the new chat client, the IRC chat client. What do you guys think? Yeah. Go. Good, bad, indifferent, or just thumbs up, thumbs down? That's mm. the day before my birthday. Didn't we used to start at 8? No, we started at 9. Like, wow. Like, oh, there's a real thumbs up action. I didn't even, Sonic Rose is clearly. Is it really? An IRC monkey, or, or did I say monkey? I mean, I mean guru more than I am. Thumbs up, thumbs up. Okay, good. Thumbs up. Thumb in the middle. Just so blue. Boobies. Um. Uh. <laughs> A bit laggy. Cool. Okay. Well, well, apparently they like the chat, so that's good news. Yeah, um, something else to fix is the lag. So yeah, well, we're we're gonna keep evaluating, guys. We're, that's there you go. Sonic Rose has used IRC before. That's fantastic. <laughs> Um, so apparently I need to go get a real chat client and actually be able to talk to you, you folks now with, with a real chat client. I'd like to try I'll, that too, yeah. actually. What was it? What was the one, uh, like Pelican or something like that? I'm, uh, no, it's Pigeon. Uh, Pigeon. I'm a total IRC noob, just so you know. Yeah. I, I love me. I, I used to use IRC so much and I haven't used it in so, so long. And, yeah. Anyway, we should make this, uh, a tab actually. I think we should make this a tab. I think we will. That's not hard. We'll make this a tab, a permanent chat. Oh, you mean on the website? Yeah, yeah. So I, I have no can reason. Come and chat if they would like. Absolutely, We've I've been promising for like two years. To be able to jump right in and, and rock and roll. Yeah, we'll do that. Um, see, now that, we're thinking like, tomorrow. You know what's funny is I, I'll give you a little bit of history too. Estolia actually looked at doing this a long, long time ago. Yeah, and it, it ended up not being easy. Very easy for us to do. Yeah, um, it was not something we could easily implement. So anyway. All right, so uh, thank you for hanging with us. Thanks for being a part of, of the Echo Screen Live, the official podcast of the Clan of the Gray Wolf, as always. Thank you for watching, and thank you for being a part of the Clan of the Gray Wolf. I am the Commodore, and you are? Ding, ding. I mean, Rue. <laughs> That's not you at all. <laughs> I was really going with the flow there. I was working on my outro there. That was great. Anyway, he is Rue. I am the Commodore. Thanks for watching, everybody. And there is no reset button.
So, Commodore, who are you voting for for president? 